And, you know, you start talking about a Christmas spirit. Just saying. Is there not a Christmas spirit? Has there not been a Christmas spirit for a long, long time? I think ever since this little baby was born. Now, I just happened to look around, and I was so excited. After the one song we sang, I saw Kayla give you a high five. Man, I'd love to do that. Man, just excited about singing and having a good time. Well, I'm Pastor Tony. Before I get started, I have a question. I have a gift I want to give away. So I'd like to know who would like a gift. Would someone like a gift? Yeah, I thought there'd be a little more than that might, might want a gift. Well, how about this bigger gift? Now, the only thing is, you have to make me one promise, though. If I give you this gift, you can't open it. So so if if you guys, if, if someone wants this gift, but you got to promise me you won't open it, ever, ever open it, then do you want to come up and get it? Who want, Let me see. Who, wants, who still wants a gift? All right, come here. And you're going to promise you're never going to open it, right? Never. Okay, okay. So you hold on to this. I for, What's your name? I'm sorry. Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's great. Now, why would you guys be hesitant? I said, do you want a gift? I mean, I only saw like about eight hands go up. Why would you be hesitant to raise your hand for a gift, right? You know? Well, I'm going to talk about that a little bit as we look at Christmas and we're going to look at a baby that was born, and why we're here, we're celebrating a time of Christmas, a, a spirit of Christmas, just a moment, a snapshot of tonight and of family and of what Christ has done for us. And so about this gift, though, I have another gift. I have another hand. So would you like this gift? Now, the only thing is, if I give you this gift, you have to promise to share it. You promise to share it? Okay, all right, come here and get this gift. There you go. Now, don't open it yet, though, okay? Okay, you can share it later, okay? Okay. You know, gifts are interesting. You know, sometimes we look at gifts, and we look at what they represent, and even if you're trying to give a free gift away, Jennifer promised not to open hers. Why would she still, Why would she want a gift that she's never going to open? You know why? I'll tell you why. I'm not going to speak for her necessarily. But you know what? I think she feels that there, that gift must be of some worth. I didn't pick her out before time. But it must be of some worth. And even though you got to keep it, and even though it's wrapped up, and even though it's going to kind of like always be there forever... Because you can't open it. Okay. She's going to take a step of faith, receive a gift she can't even see. You know, sometimes that's what people say about Jesus. I can't see him. Can't touch him. How can I receive something I can't see or I can't touch? It's kind of interesting. Well, can you imagine if God sent a gift to this earth so awesome and the gift was so, I know this fails in comparison, beautiful. And he sent this gift to this earth, and he sent it down, and he placed it right in front of each and every one of us. And some never opened it. God says, here, it's, it's for you. 
You can open it, unlike Jennifer. But some don't. And some say, later. Later I'll open that gift. Because right now I don't have some time. I don't have time to necessarily open that gift. It's kind of interesting how that works, gifts that is. So I want us to go on a little journey tonight. It's going to be kind of a short journey. But today we're, we're talking tonight, we're talking about the birth of Christ. And the first thing I want us to see and to look at is watch this. Because you got to listen. I don't want you to, to, to take this wrongly. Jesus, he doesn't have to prove anything to us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain a little bit what I mean that in a little while. For God is love and he sent his one and only son. Die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. He was crucified, buried, he rose again. But it all started with his It's so interesting. He has nothing to prove to us. But guess what? He doesn't want to prove anything to us. He just wants to love us. He doesn't have to prove to us. So often we look for proof. So often we want phys- physical, tangible something just to convince us. Right? I mean, right? So the Christmas story is about cele- celebrating the birth of Christ. And I thought about the birth of Jesus. I was saved when I was 32 years old, older. Never went to church before the day. I went to church one time and got saved. Woohoo! I did. Another day, I'll tell you about that. It's crazy. But we have two daughters, Eleanor and Heather. Eleanor, our firstborn. Well, guess what? Eleanor's born. We go to the hospital. She's born. What do I do? I grab some cigars and I go celebrate. Why did I do that? I don't know. Someone told me that's what you do. I was 23 years old. And I went, I'm serious. And I'm going around town, this entire town. Trish is back at the hospital with Eleanor. About two hours later, I run into this friend of mine, older guy, and he looks at me. He goes, Tony, what are you doing? As I hand him a cigar, he goes, you don't even smoke cigars or smoke. I said, I know. He said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm doing what I, I thought I was supposed to do. And he looks at me, and he said, you're supposed to be at the hospital with your wife. I've never had a mentor. It might seem strange. I've never had someone to come alongside me. I kid you not, that, that, that told me simple stuff. And, and, and my heart just kind of broke that, that day. I'm serious. Something clicked in me where I just went, what am I doing? And I went, oh, and, 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 I, and I stayed with Trish. Now, when Heather was born, I was there from the get-go. <laughs> you, learn, you learn, right? Amen to that. Well, we have a world that wants us to just be religious. We have a world that says, you know, religion's okay, and, and, and no matter what you do, as long as you're doing what you think's okay, it's okay, right or wrong. You know, but as long as you think it's okay, you're fine. But being religious is simply man searching for God, you guys. When we're being religious, all it is is, is religion tries to tell, or being religious, tries to tell us that we have to work harder, we have to work better, we have to work faster, we have to perfect something, we got to be approved by someone. And that, that's not the economy of God. That's not the heart of God. That's not the reason for the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ is God. Jesus has nothing to prove to us. Because he loves us, and he seeks after us. We don't have to seek after him. Being a Christian, accepting Christ, 
into your life and put your trust in him as your savior is about him seeking you. Not us having to run after him and prove something to him. The birth of Jesus separates God from all religions. And as Jesus came, as God sent his one and only son to this earth, as a baby in the manger, what an awesome scene. And we're going to talk about that. One more thing. Who would say, kind of hard to understand, maybe, if Jesus is real? Do you know that the word of God talks about Jesus in prophecy? That might be kind of a word we might, we might not know. But anyway, it's like you open up the Bible in the Old Testament, and there's like over 300 prophecies, 300 times in the Old Testament that it talks about the coming of Christ, the birth of Christ, and what Jesus is going to do before we even arrived, before he even came here. It's crazy. And so I looked that up, and mathematically speaking, this is a little side note, I guess. Mathematically speaking, if one person tried to fulfill only eight, not 300, but only eight prophecies, mathematically, it'd be like one to the 10th to the 17th power. Chances of that ever happening. Okay, so let's do 50. 50 prophecies out of 300. It would be one to the 10th to the 157th power. Pastor Tony, this is Christmas Eve. This is a candlelight service. Where are you coming from? I'm just saying, if you put, a, a, if you fill this sanctuary full of marbles, to, from the floor to the top, and I put an X on the marble, put you at the sanctuary door, put a blindfold around you, and said you have one time, one choice, I want you to pick the uh, marble. That fails in comparison to the mathematical chance of Christ being prophesied and told that he was going to come and be born and be our Savior. It just is not going to happen. Jesus is most the most proven, and the Bible is the most proven that the world has ever seen, that he exists, that he's real, that he came to save us from our sins. A gift was promised. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah spoke this as an example 700 years before Jesus was born. Now, I'm not trying to convince us of anything this tonight. I'm not. I just think this stuff's awesome. We start digging in and realizing who Christ is and who God is. It's just crazy. The birth was announced, so no one would miss it. Matthew 1 says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from sins. And suddenly, all that was spoken about Jesus in the Old Testament, all the prophecies that were made, a Savior is born. Luke 2 says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
The census first took place while Quinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there is no room for him in the inn, for them in the inn. And then the good news was proclaimed, Luke 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds. Um, not that was the wise men we saw in the video. That wasn't them. There were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be all people. For there is born to you this day the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find a babe wrapped in a swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Jesus is the light God has given us to see in the dark. And again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John eight twelve, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke 13, 6. We, we just do. We believe they're right or we don't believe they're right or maybe someone instructed us, maybe someone didn't. But we come to a place where the Bible tells us that he sent his one and only son. He sent his one and only son. He came as a baby so that we could literally, physically touch, feel, smell, see now, some of you might say, well, yeah, but I don't feel, touch, and see Jesus. Well, you know, I guess it goes something like this. It's like this, this candle. Someone created this candle because you can see it. But because you don't see the creator, does that mean there is not one? Did it just appear? No. Of course it didn't. And neither did this world. And neither did we, by the way, right? I mean, I didn't just disappear. Well, you can say I came from my parents. I get it. But, but we go all the way back to Adam and Eve. The candle had a creator, and so do we. There's a wick in this candle. Guess what? This wick has always been here. Always. I mean, since creation. But the wick doesn't really realize who the wick is until you what? Light it. God loved us so much, he wanted us to see, touch, and smell. Jesus came as a baby that we might be able to see, touch, and smell. And even though it happened a long time ago, it doesn't matter. Jennifer keeps the present. I don't know what she's going to do with it, but 100 years from now, if that present still exists, she can still, well, not 100 years, but, but 10 years from now, she can still speak of the present. Can she, can she not? Does the, does the present exist? Yes. Does it just disappear because people want to believe it didn't? 
They can either believe Jennifer or not. We can either believe the word of God or not. And then you light the candle. It generates a heat. And when it generates a heat, it's like the spirit of God. Are you here tonight? And just like we've been singing just in a short period of time in some of the verses we've been looking at, knowing that Christ has come in the form of a baby, that we might know who God is. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Probably if I asked everyone in this room, you'd probably say, I know I fall short of God's glory. Even before I went to church that one day, when I was 32, I knew I knew that. I never went to church in my life. I mean, I'm very, being very serious. But I went to church that day, and I, I knew. When the pastor asked me, he shared that verse with me, I, I knew. I knew I fell short. I just knew in my heart. And then Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I remember when the pastor shared, in this case it was a pastor, he shared that with me, and I just went, The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. I've never heard about Christ Jesus. It it didn't make sense to me. Matter of fact, he said, Tony, do you understand? I said, no. But in my heart of hearts, I knew. I just knew it was true. Because the word of God was being revealed to me by the spirit of God. And then he said, well, Tony, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And I did. Why did I? In my case, I never saw a manger per se. I mean, I might have in a movie or I don't know. You know, I never went to church and, and even in a scenario like this. And, and, and all the reason I'm saying that is, is I believe that the power of God, that spirit, Larry, Pastor Larry, that spirit of Christmas, which is to me, the spirit of the power of the living God, speaks to our heart through his word, whether you you ever went to church in your life before or whether you're here right now tonight. He will speak to us. If we only would just take a deep breath and just go, all right, I don't want to do just stuff. I don't want to just continue to do what I think is right. I want to do what's right. I want to engage myself. I want to engage my family. I want to engage this world with a love that Christ gives me. Because I want a purpose that God created me for. And outside of receiving that gift of that little baby and what he eventually does in being crucified, buried, and rising again to pay the penalty for our sins, outside of receiving that, putting our trust in it, and literally opening that gift, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen automatically. So tonight, maybe you. I don't know. I sure don't know what it feels like. I've been there. God said, Tony, it's your choice. I'm not going to impose. I knew it. I knew he wasn't going to force me. He wasn't. There was nothing on his end but to just say, I'm here and I love you. I proved it. I, I showed you through my word, through my spirit. So I'm going to pray just a short prayer. And if God is speaking to your heart through his word in this Christmas season, 
I'm going to say the, the Christmas spirit, which is the spirit of God, is speaking to your heart. Put your trust in him tonight, for today is the day of salvation. And you know if that's you, like I did, I did. And there's many in this room, they knew. Maybe tonight's your day. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the love and the grace that only you can give. We thank you for sending a baby, your son, in the form of a baby that we could touch, we could feel, that we would know that you're real. The reality of your word come to life. May it be said of us tonight that we would be light bearers of your goodness and grace. And if you're here tonight and and you know, you don't even have to ask me, Pastor Tony, how do I know? Because you know, if you know God is speaking into your heart that tonight's the night of your salvation, it's between you and him. Express to him, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I want to turn from my sin. I want to turn to you. I want to put my trust in you. And I don't know all what that means, but I want to follow you. I want to, I want to look at, I want to look and dig into your word. I want to be a follower of you. But most of all, I trust that you, you were born. But eventually in your life, you were crucified for my sin. You were buried, you rose again. And today we're here celebrating your birth. Your birth. And I thank you so much. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.